0: This is the Edinburgh Reporter podcast, and today I'm with Andrea Baker. Andrea, tell me about you. I feel I know you, and yet um, only because I have met you in the person. And and, and then I realized when I started uh, looking into you a little, there's a whole lot more to you than meets the eye. So first of all, uh, where are you, where are you from and how are you in Edinburgh? Tell me a little about that.
1: It's, it's a fairly long and complicated story. Um, I'm originally from Massachusetts in the United States, as you can tell from my twang. And um, I moved to Germany from where I was living in San Francisco in 1997 and spent a significant portion of my um, early and middle career based in Germany um, and then went to Australia with my then partner, now husband, um, who happens to be from Inverness. And so we were in Australia and both decided that we didn't want to be landlocked in Germany anymore. So we packed up and moved to Scotland. And so I have been living in Scotland since 2005 and became a citizen seven years ago. And um, I sort of described myself as um, American by birth and Scottish by choice.
0: That's terrific.
1: So now we can call you our own. I am That's, indeed. Sc- I'm Scottish. Yes, thank you. <laughs> indeed, indeed.
0: You know, you you just have this fantastic singing voice, and um, I I've read a little about where you did your training and things like that, but. How do you develop such a voice and when did you know you had
1: this voice? The joke in my family is that I came out singing. So I come from a musical family, have always wanted to be a singer and um, started singing as a young kid. My first voice teacher was my mum and um, I was lucky enough to be in a church where the minister was a trained tenor. So um, I started singing recitals as a kid, singing classical music as a very young kid. Um, and back in the day, in the 70s, when I was growing up, um, schools still had orchestras and we did operas and musical theater. So I did my first opera as a kid in high school and um, have been singing ever since, actually, and um, made my debut in San Francisco. Actually, Scotland has always featured rather prominently in my career. Um, I got my first professional job as an opera singer at San Francisco Opera. And I was in the chorus under the extraordinary chorus master, Ian Robertson, who is also from Edinburgh, and my conductor, my general music director was Donald Runicles. So that was my first sort of season in opera in San Francisco. But even then, it was a very Scottish season. And uh, so from there, um, I came to Europe and I made my debut in uh, Italy in 1996. So I've been a professional singer since 1994.
0: It's truly an international story. And, you know, there is something about being, you know, an an international... Do do we call you an opera star or do we call you a singer? Because I think you have such a wide repertoire.
1: Well, I... I, I've been in the game long enough that there are that, you know, careers change and evolve. Uh, 15 years ago, I would have said I'm an opera singer. And um, today I say I am a singer and presenter. So, um, yes, things do change. Um, with my piece Sing Sister Sing, I sort of delved into the world of blues and gospel and jazz and even a little disco. So um, I'm I'm excited to say that uh, other than opera, um, I I have other exciting music to sing that sort of expanded my repertoire of Leap.
0: And that's where I met you was in the uh, the cafe, at the Rose Theatre Cafe, uh, with Richard Lewis, who was previously a counselor and culture convener here in the city, and who's a musician, and he was just playing, he was just playing the piano, and you were just singing, and then suddenly we had, the whole room was just full of this wonderful music that you can produce, and and yes, that's something very different from what you're going to be doing this year at the festival so tell me tell me a little about that because that also has a scottish connection this um and i get these words up all the time so it's the song cycle woman life song
1: yes it's called woman life song and it was commissioned um by a donor in new york for jesse norman and the music is written by judith weir and the poetry and i'll get all this right is Maya Angelou, Toni Morrison, and Clarissa Pinkola Estes. And they are three of our most heralded poets. Um, Maya Angelou is a woman who I have idolized and whose poetry and work um, has been something really important to me um, since since I was really young and discovered her work. like me, she started in Porgy and Bess, um, like many of us in the the game. And um, so she was one of the writers on this piece. And Toni Morrison, of course, is also a Pulitzer Prize-winning author, as is Clarissa. And the the piece is about the life of a woman from a female perspective, but a a traditionally African-American female perspective and um, uh, a Latinx uh, American perspective. And This spoke to me in particular because it's also written by a woman. It's written by Judith Weir, great Scottish composer. And of course, for one of the greatest singers of the 20th century, Jesse Norman. Now I know that sounds absolutely bonkers why anybody in their right mind would wanna tackle this piece, but it feels like um, a piece to me that needs to be sung. It needs to be these words, these feelings, this story needs to come out. It's about the life cycle of a woman and although it comes from a particularly african-american perspective this woman could be any woman and it goes through youth it goes through sorrow it goes through the joy of first love it goes through loss and it it brings you out the other end looking forward to a new a new adventure and that really speaks to me um as i'm a, a woman of a certain age and um after covid there are many adventures in front of me that i never sort of expected to be happening and this is one of them so i'm really honored to be doing the piece it hasn't been performed uh, since 2000 when jesse norman did it at the proms and i'm even more honored to be performing with um my old college buddy um william edens we both went to university together and um to be working for the first time with the chinique orchestra um which is europe's or Britain and Europe's only um, black and minority ethnic orchestra. Um, they're an extraordinary band and I'm honored to be able to be standing on the stage with a black team performing classical music here in the International Festival in my home city. So um, it's, it's, um, I'm really thank, thankful to the festival for granting my, my um, cherry on the top of the cake musical fantasy wish. So yeah, I'm working hard to to um, somehow live up, even to in just a small way, um, the huge shoes that Jessie Norman left behind when she sadly passed away 18 months ago.
0: Yeah, it's it's an incredible piece, and I've listened to some of it, and I'm in no way would I describe myself as a singer, but it sounds terribly
1: technically difficult, um, and. I think it's really important. Um, we keep talking um, these days now about Black composers and about female composers and about finally bringing the female perspective on life to the stage and to express those, those feelings from a, from a female perspective as opposed to having our lives written about by men. And this piece in particular really highlights that. It's, um, it's a bear of a sing. Um, it's about 50 minutes um, all in one go and we're performing it twice in one day. So, um, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's going to be a vocal challenge um, in particular, because we've been out of work for 15 months. Um, so, um, getting back up up to speed and getting your stamina going is really has really been, um, hard work, but good and challenging work, especially to, to sink my teeth into something new, which is, um, which is exciting. It's always it's always exciting to learn a new piece and get to learn a new composer. I've never sung any of Judith Weir's work, although I'm familiar with her work and, and really enjoy her compositions. This is the first piece of hers that I'll be singing. So um, I'm excited for that musical collaboration to happen.
0: That's amazing. I, I just find this, I, find I do think that post COVID, there are many exciting journeys to go on. And I do think for you, I hear what you're saying, you haven't um, you haven't actually performed in the last uh, 15 months or so but well, very few people have and uh, but I do think that this is a, a, a big new adventure and part of the big new adventure is the fact that it's actually it's going to be sung outside under under a, a, a a tented ceiling, as it were, we, the, the International Festival are calling them pavilions, but of course they are just big tents really. Um, and so that alone gives a whole new dimension to uh, what will be your performance.
1: Well, it does. And I think I think particularly with our beautiful, wonderful Scottish weather, um, we may have the gods adding an extra instrument. um, But um, I studied as a young person at the Aspen Music Festival and the Aspen Music Festival is an open air venue. And so that's pretty common in the States. Very often in the summer, you perform outdoors, Tanglewoods outdoors. Um, Where I grew up, we had the famous um, Symphony Orchestra Hatch Shell, which is basically a big giant shell um on the harbor in Boston so all summer long they had concerts outdoors so it's something i'm 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 familiar with um, and looking forward to bringing sort of a different energy um here to Edinburgh and we'll just um hope that um, the weather gods play with us and and allow us to to have um 45 or 50 minutes of, of quiet and no, not too much wind and rain so uh, yeah it'll be it'll be exciting um and it also, allows us to perform for an audience, um, which is something I haven't done in um, almost, my last performance was February
0: 2020. And, and where, where did you perform then?
1: Peter Grimes uh, in Germany at uh, the State Theatre of Hessen. So um, it's been quite a long time without performing for an audience. I've done lots of video work and and um, brought my show Sing Sister Sing to the festival last year, just as part of their video installations um and have done some recording but um nothing with with other people um so it's 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 going to be um rather emotional i gather
0: i would think it will and and of course the the voice as an instrument um really does need to be exercised so how do you how did you go about rehearsing then during lockdown i hear what you're saying that you were recording some stuff perhaps later on during lockdown but you know confined as we all were in the very first days to home um do you just entertain your neighbors or did i miss something and were you singing from your balcony in in edinburgh
1: well um i stay just outside edinburgh um in a very, very 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 quiet little village um just outside east lytton and i'm lucky enough to have a garden And uh, the truth is when you lose in about 48 hours, 18 months worth of work, I didn't sing at all. I didn't sing until June. And um, I was lucky enough that um, I work quite a bit for Radio Scotland, BBC Radio Scotland, and they called and offered me a project to feature unsung opera heroes of mine. So that sort of got me out of my funk and got me showering and getting dressed again and sort of facing the world. And shortly thereafter, the International Festival called and asked me to bring my show Sing Sister Sing to their online digital offering. So that sort of cracked the whip at home and got me back practicing and rehearsing and getting ready. And that was the first time I had sung in months. So it was about six months, um, which is the longest I've ever gone without singing ever. So, yeah, it was just get back on the horse and practice 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 here in my studio. So, um I I now here at home have a a live audio studio and I have a recording studio at the back, so I I delivered much of my content from here at home. So, I was lucky enough to be doing obviously a piece I was familiar with because it was a piece I wrote and and um have been performing for the last 6 years. So, It was good to get back on the horse with with a familiar piece, but to bring new energy and new music to it, yeah. Sounds like,
0: you know, like everyone else, I think we perhaps didn't really know what was happening back in March 2020, and then the realisation that it was going to be much longer than three weeks very slowly trickled into all our conferences, I think. So this is going to be uh, an exciting summer for you with uh, at least one live performance. What else are you up to then, Andrea?
1: Well, um, I'm doing a new opera in Berlin, Germany, um, and it's a, another female-led opera. Um, and it, we are—it's a soundscape and an opera, um, and it's a women's perspective on traditional opera roles. It's five female voices. Um, it's in an underground space, so the the sound is very different than an above ground space. So we play with sound, we play with each other's voices, and we play with uh operatic characterizations and that will also be before an audience um and that is uh in september and um i have a sing sister sing my first sing sister sing in french is in uh, normandy in uh in uh november And for Black History Month, um, I'm working with the Nevis Ensemble on a new project. Um, We're commissioning new work. I'm um, not only a huge fan and cheerleader for the orchestra, I'm also an ambassador for Nevis. So um, I'm really excited to be back working with them again after uh, such a long delay. We were lucky enough last year in December to do some recordings together. So that was the first time I got to sing with an orchestra in lockdown. So we had some new commissions um, that, that I was a part of, which was really exciting and um then after that i go back to germany um and perform uh some a uh, couple of christmas shows and then i'm doing a modern opera back in wiesbaden in may for the international festival there so i'm i'm back busy i'm back very busy um and podcasting and and uh doing radio work on the side so it's uh it's 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 busy yeah yeah
0: well that's okay. good and i think i i th- i sense that you are someone who just loves to be busy and traveling and getting things done and well singing. Singing is of course your passion. Tell us a little about your podcast. Where can we find that? What's it called?
1: Um, I've got a, a sort of a number of podcasts. Um, I sort of fell in love with the radio game um, when I was asked to do a documentary for Radio 4 on Frederick Douglass' time in Scotland. It's called A Man's A Man For All That. And so um, I met my producer, uh, Pauline Moore, and she and I embarked on. What we didn't know then and found out later was a three year journey in Tuscaloosa. So my first sort of podcast radio experience was a nine part series that we did for BBC Radio Scotland, all about the civil rights movement in Tuscaloosa. And so that was sort of first go. And um, I've done pieces on Paul Robeson for uh, Radio Scotland and I said the series with um, um, classics unwrapped in the evening, but I work with the big light quite a bit. Um, I've been a regular guest on uh, Talk Media, their weekly uh, podcast, and I did an 11 part series all about the Nevis Ensemble in Lockdown. So if you go to The Big Light, or as they say, wherever you find your podcast downloads, um, if you search for Nevis Ensemble and um, The Big Light, you'll find that series. And it's a great series that highlights an extraordinary Scottish orchestra. Um, They have young um, international players, but our uh, moniker is uh, Scotland Street Orchestra, classical music for everyone, everywhere. So we do, I guess, what we would call in modern parlance, pop-up performances in shopping malls, um, at homeless shelters, in um, prisons, at schools, um, everywhere where classical music wouldn't normally be found. And we bring um, extraordinarily talented young musicians um, to unusual places and show people that classical music really is for everyone. And we get audiences involved. the podcast actually features the players who were given the task of finding um, an underrepresented composer and performing a piece on video and audio so that we could highlight these composers and highlight their extraordinary playing skills so um, i feature 10 players 10 different pieces and i interview the players I also interviewed Jamie Munn, who's the executive director and our two artistic directors. And we just talk about all things Nevis and classical music and a little bit about how lockdown affected us all. Um, And I highly recommend sort of checking it out because a lot of these players were educated here in Scotland at uh, the Royal Conservatoire. And it's a great sort of look into... The youthful classical music scene here in scotland and lets people know that there's more out there than just what you see at the usher hall or at city halls in glasgow there's there's classical music um everywhere absolutely. thanks to nevis
0: absolutely and actually i met the nevis ensemble i met a few of them anyway um one day in uh, in st andrew's square when they were playing it was highlighting um the st An- st andrew's day Events that were taking place um, all across Scotland and particularly in Edinburgh. And yes, it's very nice. One of the things I want to ask you, Andrea, I know you've been uh, vocal about this on Twitter, and I wanted to ask you um, you've been striking out a little bit about um, some festivals using voluntary labour, shall we call it that? Um, and I wanted you to um, tell me what is it that's making you angry about it?
1: A couple of things. Um, We in the theatre business, particularly freelance artists um, and young freelance artists, have been largely left off of any government support. Um, And so a lot of young people, stage managers, backstage, um, uh, technical people, lighting, um, players, a lot of um, UK orchestras or pickup orchestras have literally been 18 months without any money. Now, the major festival, and I'm talking about the Fringe, Edinburgh International Festival pays their their technical people and pays all of their staff. Thank you, Edinburgh International Festival. Um, But the Fringe, on the other hand, has had a long history of voluntary labour. And in the business, it's used as a way to get in and it's used as a way to get experience. But um, these organisations, the big four have taken bailout money, that's my money. I'm a taxpayer, I'm a Scottish, British taxpayer. That is my money. And they have taken millions. And they come to Edinburgh and they charge performers to rent space, to use their technical people. And they hire young people to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week for nothing they receive accommodation and in a pandemic accommodation in a flat with six or seven other young people is not only insane, it's shouldn't be practiced at all. And my anger about this is we have been arguing fair fringe and artists have been vocal about this practice for years, but I find post-pandemic with large organizations that, as I said, have taken bailout and support money from uh, Creative Scotland and from um, uh, the English equivalent, um, to come here to my home city and hire young people for no wages at all is absolutely sinful and devilish. And they don't pay a living wage either. Those young people who work for these festival organizations do not get paid a living wage. Those of us who live in Edinburgh know how expensive Edinburgh is during the summer. We know how expensive it is to get here. We know how expensive it is to have a coffee, never mind a pint after an 18 hour day. Um, And if as somebody who's a senior colleague and someone who is actually paid to do the festival, did an eight day run, sold out my show, both of us have houses in Edinburgh in, in the area. So we had no overnight costs and still only broke even. The Fringe Festival is extremely expensive. It is exclusively expensive. And the notion that as an artist, I would stand on stage and perform and have someone handing out flyers or opening doors or checking tickets who is working as a modern slave, I find absolutely unbelievable and not something that I will support and something that I will be vocal about and... Whether I ever perform in the Fringe again, if it makes the, the heads of the Big Four angry, that's not my problem anymore. Somebody has to stand up for the next generation. And if that's me and some of the other folks in the city who refuse to perform in a venue where people are not paid for their work, then that's just the way it's going to have to be. And we need to stand up and say something about it.
0: And you are. And by the Big Four, you are talking about people like Underbelly and Pleasance.
1: Underbelly Pleasance um, Assembly, um, yes. And I will call them out. They are advertising publicly. I'm not making things up. All you have to do is go to their website and they are advertising unpaid work, which in 2021 should be illegal.
0: Looking forward, however, to August, you are part of the Edinburgh International Festival. And as you say, that's one of the um, opportunities for creative people such as yourself to actually have paid work and to have uh, you know, something to do, which is further, furthering their career. And we are very much looking forward to your own contribution to that. And uh, also to the the run of the Edinburgh International Festival in general, because it's, uh, it's nice to have something positive to look forward to. So Andrea Baker for the moment. And I hope it is only for the moment and that we speak to you again very soon. Thank you very much indeed.
1: Thank you very much for having me. And it was lovely to finally see you in person again after all these months, it's been a while.
0: Thank you so much for listening to The Edinburgh Report. Listen out for more episodes coming soon and make sure you don't miss any by hitting the subscribe button now. This is one of the platforms where we can help advertise your business to our listeners. If you like to know more about that then email editor at Reporter.co.uk. and remember you can subscribe to have our monthly newspaper delivered to you direct. Sign up today on our website wWw